0: I do not know how we're not kung fu fighting in this series. I mean, I'm like, whoa! You want something? Bring it. (laughs) Right? Well, this is part two of Warrior, and I am so excited about this content. We've heard some great feedback from so many of you. A lot of you downloading the podcast or the MP3 at NextLevelchurch.com. This is a great series, and for four weeks, as Sarah mentioned, we're aiming at men. And so, men, this series is all about us. We're encouraging one another. We're pushing one another. We're striving one another. Why? Because God is calling all warriors for him to this front and center. And so, guys, that's what this series is about. We've been talking about Four different kinds of warriors. Last week we talked about the hesitant warrior and how so many of us when we hear the call from God to step up and become the men of God that He's called us to be, we hesitate. And it's because we look around at our life and we realize I don't feel like a warrior. I don't feel like, you know, someone that you're describing up there. And so guys, we have this thing in us that, that wants to to hesitate. From stepping into that but God says listen, I'm with you My spirit is in you and you have what it takes to be the warrior of God for your life For your career for your marriage for your kids for your grandkids for your home for our city God's called us to be warriors and we have what it takes Well today we're talking about part two and that is the distracted warrior So if you have your notes, I apologize it's a little dark to follow along if you can do that A lot of it will be up on the screens I know you'll be able to track there because today we're talking about the distracted warrior Now here's the thing Ladies, I don't have to tell you that we men have a way of getting distracted. I mean, I don't know how it is in your house, but like Sarah and I will be on the couch and we're having a conversation and she's telling me about her day or something and like ESPN is on. And I'm like, baby, I love you, but it's bottom of the seventh and two men are on. I mean, what? really? <laughs> right? I mean, we guys, we have this thing in us that for whatever reason we can get distracted. But see, here's what we have to understand. as warriors for God. When men, when you and I get distracted, we end up losing key battles. We end up losing the important battles that matter most in our lives and in our relationships around us and in our world. And so uh, that's what we're talking about today. And let me just launch into this with a a bit of a premise, because uh, the premise we're going to jump in off of is this. It's this idea of keeping score. See, there's something within us, guys, where we feel like um, we have this need or this desire to to keep score. I mean, I was just with my little kids a couple of weeks ago. and We are playing baseball or doing something. And uh, my eight-year-old turns to me and he's like, You know, Dad, one of his buddies at school, he goes, You know, he's faster than I am, but um, I'm a better thrower than he is. And I'm like, What is it about boys? There's just guys in there. There's just something in us that just longs to keep score. my five-year-old's like, Well, I'm better than all of you. <laughs> like, Unbelievable. And see, here's what we have to understand. Men, the world around us makes it really easy to keep score, doesn't it? See, that's that's part of the pressure. That's part of the stress and the temptation that we feel as warriors for God is that the world makes it easy to keep score. The, The world has things like pay scales that make it real easy for us or, or number one ranked salesman or a $500 bonus in our paycheck or, uh, you know, how big is our house compared to everybody else's house on the street or how new or shiny or, or awesome is my car compared to every other car in the parking lot at our work. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? That we, we have this thing in us where, where men, we want to keep score. I mean, everything from the size of our expense account to the hotness of our girlfriend or wife. It's, uh, there's this score thing going on in us, and the world makes it real easy to keep score, but you see, here's the thing, when it comes to spiritual things so often, it's not nearly as easy to keep score, and perhaps that's why some of us feel frustrated as warriors for God, man, because we we look on at the spiritual things, and we're like, you know, there's no award that's like, wow, you're like the best, you know, Bible devotional guy in the church, I mean, I never had, it's like, wow, you're like the best pray with your kids at night, you know, father in the whole neighborhood. There's no awards like that, and it's so hard. Well, this is where I want us to launch from today, because the Apostle John was actually writing a letter, we know it as a book of the Bible, but it was actually a letter, and in the book of 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 14, I want you to see this, because the Apostle John is writing to a group of of young men. And He's encouraging them and look at what he says in verse 14. He says I write to you young men because you're strong and The word of God lives in you and you've overcome the evil one in other words He's going listen guys if you want to keep score when it comes to spiritual things as an onlooker from the outside looking into your world He goes guys You're doing it. You're doing a good job. You're strong The word of God is in you and and you've overcome the evil. He's like listen you're you're winning but then in verse 15 he turns it from encouragement to challenge and look what he says in verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world or keeps score that way, the love of the Father is not in him. And then in verse 16, you guys, this is where we find three distractions that come against every warrior. Look at what it says, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. He identifies three Areas of distraction that every warrior for God wrestles with. And and let me just say this. I'll be honest with you. Satan, the enemy of our souls, loves to attack warriors in these three areas. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And guess what? No man is exempt from these three distractions. In fact, Satan came way back... And tempted Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, check this out. There's this, there's this story where Jesus is preparing for, for his earthly ministry. And so he, he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's praying and fasting that entire time. Look at this. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 tells us the story. Look at what it says. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And I love the obviousness of the Bible right here. He was hungry. You think... He was probably skinny too. He, he's hungry. So, watch what happens. Verse 3. Here comes the tempter. Check this out. He's tempted, and Jesus gets tempted in these exact three areas. Verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. This is the lust of the flesh. He's like, Listen, here's the easy way out, Jesus. You're hungry, these stones look like bread. If you're the son of God, if you're all that and a slice of cheese, make these bread. You do it, bro. Make it happen. He was tempting Jesus to take a shortcut, to take an easy way out. He was tempting him with the distraction of the lust of the flesh. Then in verse 5, he goes on. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, throw yourself off. This is the pride thing. He says, hey, Jesus, you're the son of God, right? You're all powerful and big and mighty. You're the Messiah. Well, that's really True. Take a dive. See what happens. God will save you. He was appealing to the pride of life. And then in verse 8, he says this. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you. If you bow down and worship me, this is the lust of the eyes. Satan takes Jesus to this high mountain and he says, Look at all of this. Everything that the eye can see can be yours. Shortcut. All you got to do is bow down and worship me. And all of this can be yours. Forget about that whole dying for the sin of mankind and the cross. and Forget about all of that. Here's a shortcut, Jesus. Everything you see, the lust of the eyes, can be yours. So even Jesus, the ultimate warrior, was tempted... With these three distractions, well, what do they mean for us, guys? Let's zoom back to 2008, talk about the world that we live in, because there's a good chance Satan will not take us to the top of a temple this afternoon, or even to a high mountain, uh, he might take us to like the Midpoint Bridge, but, or a high mountain, and tempt us with this sort of thing. So what do these three distractions or temptations look like for us as warriors for God in the year 2008? Let's talk about them. The lust of the flesh. It's not comprehensive, but basically, guys, what we need to know about this lust of the flesh thing that wars against us, that tempts us, that that distracts us, this is referring to sexual temptation. Sexual temptation, the lust of the flesh. And here's what we need to understand. There's not a man listening today who doesn't struggle, who doesn't wrestle with this distraction. See, it's easy for us to to think that we're all alone. It's easy for us to... Feel like we're the only one who battles this. We're the only one who wrestles with this. But every single warrior, every single man on the planet is tempted with the distraction of sexual temptation, the lust of the flesh. And let's be honest, culture doesn't help us. Culture, just, just turn on the TV, much less the internet. And guys, we begin to feel the pull, the distraction of sexual temptation all around us and men here 's what we have to understand it is real, and it is warring against our souls if you 're a single guy, this looks like premarital sex i don 't know how i, I, I don 't know how you do it if you 're a single man and you're listening listen here 's what I know. I know that God lays out a best plan of one man and one woman under the umbrella of marriage. And he says, That's what I want for you. That's what warriors do. That's my idea. And maybe you're here, single guys, and you're pushing back and you're going, You know what, bro? That's fine, but I don't think I agree with that. I don't think I go for that. Well, guess what? When you create your world, you can make it differently. But until that point, unfortunately, we live in his world, and God says, This is my plan. This is the way I want my warriors to live. And single guys, it, it looks like us drawing some boundary lines back and saying, You know what? That is not, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to be a warrior for God. Married men, it's the temptation. It's the distraction of the female across the office or the female that's on the softball team or the female that catches your eye. And for every one of us men, it's pornography. I read a statistic this week said 50% of Christian men are addicted to pornography. 50%. Not tempted, not distracted, not dabble, not um, try, you know, not to look. Addicted to pornography. One and two. Should we play the game where we have all the men stand and half sit down? Okay, no. Don't do that. <laughs> Not it. <laughs> Guys, the distraction of the lust of the flesh is huge. And here's what I know if we as warriors don't have a strategy, this thing will kick our tail and will destroy us. And we will lose the most important battles of our lives. But see, without a strategy, any one of us placed in the right set of circumstances at the right time are capable of just about anything. And that's a scary statement. So, how, what's our strategy? How do we do this? Well, guys, I think it starts with the determination to fight. I think that there's something within us. That's why this series is called Warrior, because it's time to fight. It's time to resist. Is it an uphill battle in our culture? Absolutely. Is it difficult? Absolutely. But here's the great thing. God would never ask us to do something that He won't empower us to have the ability to do. But you and I, men, we're going to have to enlist it and go, come on, baby, bring it on. It is time. Why? Because there's too much at stake. Because our mental thought life is at stake, because our marriages are at stake, because our children and our grandchildren are at stake, because the legacy that we will leave behind is at stake. And that means we've got to fight. And fighting for each one of us might look like any number of things. For some of us, if our thought life is, is messed up and we've given Satan a foothold there and the lust of the flesh thing is just kicking us, then at that point... We might need to enlist a counselor. We might might need to to have a pretty big, sober, serious conversation with our spouse. we got to fight. We might need to install internet software that blocks certain sites. We might need to cancel some cable channels. It's real. This battle is real. See, I think it starts with fighting, but then secondly, how do we, what's our strategy here in its most simple form? Not only to fight, but to fight together. Men, here's what I know. We need each other. If you and I as men do not enlist the help of others to fight with us, this distraction will destroy us. It's just too huge. That looks like accountability. That looks like finding a group of guys that we can get together with on a consistent basis who will ask us the authentic, real, and raw, tough questions. Who will get in our business and we will get in theirs and we will say, we will not be another statistic. We will be warriors for God. Is it awkward? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. Is it weird at times? Yes. Do we not want to do it? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. That's how we fight against the lust of the flesh. Here's the second one. is The lust of the eyes. I was talking about material lusts. M- material lusts. We'll, we'll turn anything into a game just so we can keep score. Won't we, fellas? I mean, think about it. Pick anything in your life. Golf clubs, iPod, lawnmower. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You're out there mowing your yard, you know, and your neighbor's just zipping by you, and you're like, that Duffer's got the automatic propeller. I'm a loser. Right? No lie. I totally did this when our kids were in a stroller. Our, our, we had a stroller and it had like dually wheels on the front, you know? And so we'd be walking through the mall and I'd see somebody else with like single wheels on the front and I'm like, pfft, pff, Right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, guys. And then it's like the mom comes in with quadruplets and she's got like tractor tires and I'm like, I bow at the feet of your stroller. Terrence, you know what I'm talking about, right? We'll turn anything into a game just so we can keep score. Why? Because there's like this lack of contentment deal going on in us, isn't there? Wow, did you see that? I almost fell off my stool. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, 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 and it, it cuts to the core on a contentment level, doesn't it, fellas? Where it's like, well, why do I want this? Why do I constantly need more? Why? What is this thing going on in me? Why is it that I have a cool enough iPod, but somebody else comes in with an iPod Touch, and I'm like, (sighs) right? (laughs) Don't we? Anyway, so so what do we do? How do we how do we war against? The lust of the eyes, this material lust, this lack of contentment thing. Here's here's one. I think we need to start by asking the question, how much do I really need? See, I think that we as men, we don't, if you're married, I would encourage you, have a great conversation with your spouse about this. Ask the question, how much do we really need to live the kind of life that we feel like God would want us to live? And everything beyond that, it's His. Whatever, it's gravy, it's... it's it, how much do we really need? Because, see, I think w- when we don't ask that question, if you're single, get with a group of guys and ask that question together with your friends and say, what? Where's, what is that standard of living thing? Because, see, what we usually do is we go to a default setting that is, how much do I really need? More. The next pay raise. The next increase. The next size up in my car. The next size up in my house. The next size up in my golf clubs. The next size up in my iPod. The next coolest computer. It's tempting, isn't it? There's a reason why that store is called the Apple Store. (laughs) I tried to keep a straight face. I couldn't do it. I'm like, oh, that's a funny joke. What a (laughs) dork. Anyway, here's one. Put a 30-day waiting period on any purchases. If you're one of those guys that's impulsive that you go into, like, the Apple Store and you're just like, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Or Home Depot or whatever you're drug of choices um put a 30 day waiting period on it pray about it for 30 days and then come back to it how much do i really need this get on a budget how do we combat the lust of the eyes get on a strict budget here's a thought how do we combat the lust of the eyes this material more 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 bigger shinier newer better always thing in us give like crazy I think God wants us men to lead our families in generosity. I believe that God wants us as his people to set the pace in generosity. See, I think we asked the wrong question. I think we asked the question, how close to the world can I get and still honor God? Instead of asking the question, how close to God can I get and still live in the world? What if we flip the scale? Men, what if we'd flip it around and we'd say, you know what? We want to start with the tithe, 10%. The first 10% of any increase that comes in, we're going to give that straight back to God because that's what the Bible says we ought to do. And, and that's the beginning of our generosity. And then we start to go beyond that. What if, men, we would lead our families in that regard? What if we would step across that line and we'd say, no, we're going to live generously? Look out. We're going to bless. People. I'm used to having a big table and I switched to this little one so I I could, like, jump over it or do something. I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. What are we talking about? Giving. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Guys, we got to lead. <laughs> Did you have a monster? No, I didn't. I promise. Uh, <laughs> forget it. Um, monster's like an oversized Red Bull, by the way. I didn't. I swear. Cross my heart. Mm-hmm. What's up now? Warrior symbol. Guys, we got to set the pace in this one. we got to give like crazy. we got to so structure our finances and be such great stewards of what God has blessed us with. Why? Because that's what helps us to war against the lust of the eyes. And then John writes, and he says, the third distraction for us as warriors is the pride of life. It's this, it's this pride thing in us, isn't it, men? And maybe some of us, we can't see it. Maybe we, maybe we can and we don't want to admit it. But in each and every one of us as men, there's this pride deal, isn't there? It's interesting because as you study the Bible, when you, it re- records a history of like pre-earth in the universe. And it basically describes this moment in time before the earth was created. We're going to look at these verses in a second. Where there was God, and then all of the other angels and creatures and and created beings of the universe were there in this pre-earth phase. And one of those angels was an angel of light, and his name was Lucifer. Some of us, if you're not familiar with Bible study, we would better know him as Satan. But before he fell from heaven, which we're going to look at in a second... He was known as Lucifer, an angel of light, and his responsibility was to take all of the praise and all of the worship that, that the entire universe and every created being was offering up to God and to collect all of that praise within himself and then present it up to God as an offering of praise and worship to the Lord. Well, here's what happened. This, this Lucifer, this angel of light, suddenly started to look around at all of creation who was offering all of this praise, all of this worship up to God, and rather than offering up to God, he said, you know what, this feels pretty good. I think I'll keep it for myself. And this pride thing began to set in. And in Isaiah chapter 14, God calls him out on it. Look at what it says. God is is talking to Lucifer, the angel of light here. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my Throne above the stars. What's he saying? He's saying, Satan. Here's what you let happen in your heart. You let pride set in to the point that you started to think you were self-made. You, you started to look around at all of the blessing in your life and go, Well, it's all because of me. Well, it was because of my work ethic. It's because of my hard work. It's because I've created this reality for myself, and I'm in charge of it. He goes on from there, look, he says, you said, I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon, enthroned, who sits on a throne? A king, someone who's in control. And he said, Satan, what happened to you is you started thinking that you were on the throne of your life instead of God. You started thinking you were in control when you're not. Verse 14, look, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. In other words, I'll be most famous. I'll be the one that everybody knows. I'll be the notorious one, the famous one that everybody wants to praise, that everybody's looking to, that gets all the awards and all the accolades. I'm going to be that guy. He says, I will make myself, look at this, like the Most High. What is God saying right here? He's saying, Satan, you let pride get in your heart to the point that you actually thought you were like God. And men, there is something within us that whether we want to admit it or not, whether we like it or not, has a tendency to drift in this direction. Where we can start to look around our life and go, check me out. I'm self-made. Look at my world. I did all this. Look at how I've provided. Look at how I've done all of this. I'm in charge. I'm in control. I'm the guy. I'm the famous one. I'm the one everybody's looking at. I'm the guy. And men, whether we'll admit it or not, there's this thing in us that over our little kingdom of the world, we like to think, I'm like God. I'm in charge. I'm self-made. It's me. Look at verse 15, because verse 15 tells us Where this distraction of pride Will lead Verse 15 says this But you are brought down To the realm of the dead To the depths of the pit What's God saying? God is saying If you're going to keep score According to the world It ain't going to work If you're gonna keep score according to being in control, being in charge, being self-made, being all that, the end result is destruction. So how do we fight? How do we fight against the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? Well, thank God for the Bible Because the Bible doesn't leave us empty handed In the book of Hebrews chapter 12 We read a verse That tells us warriors how we fight And look what it says Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 Says this Let us throw off everything that hinders And the sin that so easily Entangles and let us fix Our eyes on Jesus The author And perfecter of our faith. Warriors, how do we do war? How do we do battle against the distractions of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? Three ways. Number one, we throw off everything that hinders. I don't know if you saw it on the Olympics, like the first day after the opening ceremonies, and they did like that 150 million mile bike race through the mountains, and I'm watching this, and I'm like... Those guys are crazy. It was like 150 miles or kilometers or something. And it was like six hours long. And they got to the end of the bike race. And there's this big sign that says one kilometer to go. And we're watching this. And there's like the front pack with like six bikers right there. And and they get to the 1 kilometer mark and all of a sudden they're riding you know doing the deal and all of a sudden they start grabbing all of their stuff like they had these little energy packs and we see these riders and they're grabbing them and they're throwing them off and their water bottles they're chucking them they're just they're going crazy and my 8-year-old turns to me he's like why are they doing that what are they throwing and i said buddy they're throwing off everything that could weigh them down you know why Because there's only a little distance to go and there's a gold medal at stake And men Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that we need to throw off every weight that hinders us So men if we've got weights in our in our pack in our life in our thought life That's weighing us down if we've got pride issues. We got to get rid of it We got to throw it off why because there's a gold medal at stake Because our kids are at stake and our marriages are at stake and our souls are at stake And it's not enough for us to keep those weights on us It will only pull us back and keep us from the ultimate prize that God has for us Number two, how do we fight against the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life? We get rid of any of the sin that entangles and that word entangle is the, the visual image of a ball of yarn That has been twisted into all kinds of crazy knots But see here's the thing You don't untangle the knots in a ball of yarn By pulling on the ends What you do is you get a couple of really fine sharp pins And you start to lay it down And you start to pull them out And it's an amazingly meticulous and tedious process But that's the only way To get the knots out Of the entangled yarn men, here's what I think. I think some of us have so given the enemy a foothold in our thought life, have so given the enemy a foothold in the pride zone of our life, or in the material lust or pursuit of our life, that our life is now entangled with this sin. And to fight this battle, to, to... win over these distractions there's no easy way to do it you don't just grab a couple ends and go well I'll never do that again Okay, that doesn't work it may look like sitting down with a counselor sitting down with an accountability group and starting to unthread the threads and one at a time begin to pull them out and dissect our heart but what's the other choice? writer of Hebrews says, you've got to throw off every weight. You've got to untangle the sin issues. And then number three, got to fix your eyes on Jesus. What's the challenge today, men and women? But men, it's to so begin to raise our sights. Of the worldly earthly realm And it's hard because everyone at your workplace Is going to tell you that this is what matters most Everyone at our workplace Is going to tell us These are the priorities you ought to have in your life The TV, our culture the, it, It's all going to point at this level But the writer of Hebrews says No, you've got to take it up a notch And set your sights Fix your eyes on Jesus A higher level How do you beat the distractions? You look above them and you fix your eyes on Jesus. That's the only way to win against the distractions. It happened to me just this week. I was having breakfast with one of our board members at a restaurant. And I was facing into the restaurant. And it was kind of open and just wide open. And the, you could see into the kitchen and the whole deal. He's sitting across from me. And no lie, the whole time he's talking for the first several minutes of our time together, I'm trying to pay attention. And I had taken my pill, the whole deal. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm like... I'm really, really trying, you know, to pay attention. And finally, I said to him, can I move? And I got up and I changed seats. And I ended up sitting down next to him. So he was right here. And then the only other thing was just a window next to us. Because the distractions were so great that I knew I'm not going to be able to give this guy everything that he needs and that I need to get from him if I'm that distracted. Well, as we leave today, I want to challenge us, men, with this question need to change seats because some of us are living a life right now where the distractions are so great and so numerous that it is killing our concentration for anything else and Jesus says you've got to lock in your gaze you've got to lock in that concentration on me that's the only way to win against the distractions talking about the distracted warrior the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life